summon your life from eat, sleep, suplex, retreat, unstrap, Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. My name is Stephen Louch, I'll be your host today for our Square Go themed episode. Coming to you live from 14 floors up in the Glasgow skyline on Fusion Radio Takeover and on all good podcasting sites. This is the show where if we say see you next Tuesday, we'll be off the air by next Wednesday. And on my panel today, <laughs> as it took a wee minute for that to reverb around the room, I have, although it's not on her version of the agenda, forever in my heart, the now proud owner of little Nicky and little John, before John takes Nicky's head off of a cleaver at some point in the future, so it all knows going to happen. We have Stacey Smith. You're a bit obsessed with this, Stephen. (laughs) (laughs) How are you, Stacey? I'm okay, how are you? I'm alright, you ready, excited for the square goal? Yes. Are you remembering... Cannot wait. Are you remembering the three-finger rule? Uh, yeah? Cool, well we should hear <laughs> Stacey loud and clear all evening long and making a step away from the presenter's chair for probably one week before he sees the mess I make of it and comes roaring back. It is our normal host and giver of nicknames, but for him I have none. It is Stephen Wilson. Hi, what's happening? Uh, oh, good. How is it in the nice, comfortable, easy chair over there today? <laughs> Uh, it, it feels weird. <laughs> feels a bit weird, but yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll manage. I'll manage. Excellent. You excited for the square goal? Absolutely. I cannot wait. Are you attending both nights? Uh, sadly not. No, oh. only the one. Well, we'll have to make that one a night to remember. Absolutely, absolutely. Rounding off our wonderful panel, it is the man simply known as Josh. Josh. <laughs> <laughs> I do not own a little Mickey or a little John. It does own. Sucks to be you. I was popular at school. It does own a de-slanted <laughs> bed, though, so we'll call that even. <laughs> so, on. <laughs> see, this is normally done with a great deal more professionalism than Stevens over this side, so we may see a changing of ends at half time. <laughs> anyway, back to talk some serious wrestling because we all know it's the most serious and hard uh, sport on earth, um, and that's why we're all here today. So. Kwaku is our EP for today. We'll be sharing on my mic. So Kwaku, you want to come over and say hello to everyone? Nah. <laughs> hello. <laughs> Kwaku is, of course, very excited for this weekend's Square Go. It is yeah. his favourite Rumble-themed event in Glasgow in the West. And we'll be it's keeping our voices... Uh, I love it. Did Kwaku not go viral this week? Kwaku did indeed. How do you know my results? <laughs> <laughs> That's a late-night show discussion. Um, <laughs> But for um, for anyone who hasn't seen it, I do encourage everyone to go on to both the Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet uh, Twitter and Facebook pages, where you'll see a video of Kwaku tinkling the ivories in a way, <laughs> unseen in Glasgow Central Station um, in a, such a long time, um, putting on a wonderful solo performance of a wonderful theme tune by, which normally sees Marty Scurll walk out, but instead we've just seen lots of people in masks in Glasgow but may or not have been involved in the robbery in W.H. Smith, so we'll quickly move on from there. Throughout the show, we're going to be monitoring our Facebook and Twitter pages, so please do join the discussion. Let us know your thoughts on the Square Go, the matches that all surround it, and 
Um, just anything in general we want to talk about the two nights we are here to be interactive with you and as we go through the show there will be a couple of moments where we share our listeners predictions so we've got that coming up before we discuss the square go and then we've also got an interview with one of the absolute favourites amongst anyone I've spoken to about the event is the uh, wonderful Stevie Boy Xavier so you'll hear his thoughts on the square go what his plans are for the future and then after the show when it goes up online you will see that we'll have a full version of the interview because Stevie has given us lots of points and just would be selfish to give the whole show to him but we will give that full interview in full afterwards. So to kick things off today it's just going to go through some of our previous memories of the square goal so I'm just going to move around the panel so Josh what are some of your favourite moments from past square goals? I truly believe that the square goal every year has some of the best matches of the entire year, not just in ICW, but worldwide in wrestling. Um, if I have to pick one, I have to go for the semi-feel-good moment of Chris Renfrew beating Grado for the ICW World Heavyweight Championship at the 5th annual square goal. Fourth. Uh, fourth. No, I think it was the two, fifth. Two, two years it was, ago. No, it was the fifth, yeah. Is this not the sixth? The fifth, Barrowlands. No, this is the seventh coming up. Seventh. Mm, oh, I've yeah. missed one then. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Go back to my list. <laughs> we, we can edit this out later. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, my fault. On you go. Sorry. Yep, yeah, I think that was uh, a moment that they'd be building to for a long time. Um, Renfrew felt like he should have had the belt for such a long time before that, but I think when you have a character... Um, chase the belt for so long it almost gives them something to constantly keep going and motivate them whereas sometimes when a star gets the belt people start to get a little bit bored they won't change that's basically the curse of every champion um, it was a bit of a surprise as well because uh, I reckon if anyone thought Renfrew was going to take the belt it might have been the previous year versus Drew but no he took the belt off basically uh, Grado who'd had the title for yeah, about two mean, months yeah he'd had it for two months which I think was the more surprising part about it because <laughs> you think if they were going to go with Grado they would have gave him a prolonged run yeah so it, that, that was the more surprising part of it exactly and I think that either way in that match you would have been thoroughly disappointed for one competitor but incredibly happy and elated for the other and um, Grado I think really played into Chris Renfrew's style of wrestling the hardcore style uh, there was some really nasty bumps. I think I remember watching, I think it was Chris Renfrew picking a thumbtack out of his head. Yeah, at the, at the end of it, yeah, there was several left in after it as well. Yeah, I think that was also the year that Chris Renfrew came out to uh, the Silent Hill themed entrance because uh, wrestling and Silent Hill are my two favourite things in life, basically. <laughs> so. It was quite the entrance um, yeah. and certainly probably... My, my favourite Renfrew match um, in the last few years and up until the weekend when I seen him against DCT but that's obviously my favouritism but it was a very it was a strong it was a strong serious style that I don't think we've maybe seen as much since um, really going as a wrestler and it wasn't a lot that had the violent bits in it it wasn't just a pure hardcore match um, so personal as well yeah there was a definite grudging buzzing the other night it was one side or the other um, one side or the other we're going to our, fa- our Polo's fan on the panel fellow <laughs> Uh, so Stacey, what are some of your moments? Um, well, I'm kind of, I couldn't choose between two about which one is my favourite moment, so I'm just going to say both. Um, first one would have to be when Dickie Divers won the square goal. Or just, it was just the shock that everyone had when he, because it was against him and Chris Renfrew, wasn't it? Yeah, it was yeah. Kind of, it was, it's because Renfrew wasn't supposed to be in it. Yeah. And it made that surprise appearance like, oh, he's going to win it. Yeah. But it's, it's amazing that nobody booed him, but they booed Roman Reigns. 
I think on that one I remember there being from watching it back there was definitely a shock value because at that time um, they were both in the NAK I believe Yeah. and it was that you'll bow down to me as the leader and it was that switch around and then it led to a quite a wonderful story as it went through the year Yeah. and your second one my second one if you'd listened to the best of 2017 show I spoke about how one of my favourite matches of the year was the good housekeeping match and so that means that one of my favourite moments of the square go was the introduction of the kitchen sink which <laughs> then led on to the good housekeeping match. And um, did lead to a wonderful series, sadly cut short by Liam Thompson's injury, but I hopefully um, good wishes to Liam if he's, I presume he's listening, um, <laughs> as he rests up, <laughs> and I'll, I'll hope to see you uh, back in the ring sometime soon. I feel like we promote women's wrestling so much on this podcast, and we always say wrestling rather than women's wrestling, but we have a woman on the panel, and the first thing she promotes is the kitchen sink. Oh. Oh. Actually, that was the second thing. That's true. Yes. <laughs> See, that just shows that men can multitask, and he wasn't listening to anything she said. Stephen? Well, Josh kind of stole my thunder a wee bit by going with Renfrew Grado. That's the annoying thing about being on the panel and not hosting this week. <laughs> 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 uh, I've got a few ones. Uh, there was a few ones in mind. Uh, I re- really like the Drew versus Renfrew match. The same one where Divers won the, ba- the, the, the Square Go match. I thought it was a brilliant match. Uh, great exhibition of what Chris Renfrew can do against arguably one of the best in the world. Yeah. Uh, however, uh, as a man whose favourite match of the year is the actual squ- uh, is the Royal Rumble, and, and by result the Square Go, I really enjoyed what was the last one where they had in the garage, the one Chris Renfrew won, where we got the kind of Iron Man type streak between Joe Coffey and Darkside James Scott. The two of them pretty much lasted the full match. Yes. It's kind of an underrated type of moment, just because uh, they'd fought they'd fought for uh, half an hour in the first match and then went pretty much the full square go. So it's a moment that's kind of understated in ICW history or square go history, but great exhibition of what two of the best in the company and the best that this country's produced can do. No, for such a long period of time. No, definitely. And there's a, um, something I think's a bit missing from the shows is that Iron Man match. It was something that became a staple for Joe for a couple of years because he had the match with James Scott, the match with Jack Gallagher as well. Um, the year after and then um, so the start of my memories is about so the first I'm just going to talk around the ones I attended live so 2016 was my first year so I'm going to be very brief in my moments Was so remember like looking sharp crowd surfing um, Joe going end to end showing that he was the Iron Man until he was eliminated out by Wolfgang and then there was a moment in that match um, doesn't really get mentioned much was um, when Mark Coffey came out to join the Square Go and we've seen him and Joe teaming up in an ICW ring so probably for the first time then in a good couple of years certainly since they'd been with Polo Promotions so that to me as a fairly new fan at the time was quite a big moment then last year in Newcastle was just good to have a weekend away so we'd and we've seen the Polos lose to the Marauders um, that was quite a shock in the opening match we've seen Kenny Williams against Ricochet um, really showing Kenny's talents to the absolute limit and we now see Ricochet has uh, taken his Irish roots and joined the uh, NXT roster so definitely we're going to see more of him in the future Joe t- uh, t- taking the title and also taking a chunk out of the wall with his head um, and then Joe getting his retribution and then we've seen the push off at the end of the match um, where they went face to face with him and Trent beers were spilled 
and that's where everyone started to boo because nobody in an ICW crowd likes to see a beer wasted, especially when it was like seven pound a drink down there. <laughs> Mark, Mark Dallas nearly embraced his full Vince McMahon in that promo and nearly <laughs> tore his quads, as he said. He said in interviews, yeah, which would have been a moment in itself if he'd went off full Vince McMahon, just gonna go mental at the two of them. <laughs> <laughs> so, so definitely, I think we've all seen there. So, quick, have you got any what to run or? Um, I think um, one big moment I loved was the first ever steel cage match that happened and it was between um, oh my God, Wolf, Wolfgang and Wolfgang BT, and BT Gun. Uh, the particular moment, uh, Wolfgang doing the howling from the top of the steel cage, uh, that was a big moment for me. Um, that's probably been my big standard moment that hasn't been mentioned so far. Excellent. So let's move on to this year's card. So we've got four matches in the undercard and then we've got the square goal match itself. So I'm going to start off with um, the women's title. So we've got Martina against Casey. So we've seen Martina embrace her bad side, um, turning on Ravy Davy, friend of the show, at the uh, Fair Loven. And then I've seen her at the recent Fight Club showing a new edge to her character. Um, definitely got now got uh, managed under the Rudo Sports and Entertainment brand. So, I'll go to our host because I can see he likes to go first since we felt out of place <laughs> the last time. <laughs> Stephen, what are your thoughts on the women's title match? Well, we've seen pretty much in the last, probably up to about the last year, what Casey is capable of. Uh, she's had great matches with the likes of Kaylee Ray, Viper. She had a, she put on a really good match actually just last week where she took on uh, retiring Gail Kim as well, so she can go with the best of them. And uh, Martina as well with... Uh, which she's shown in over the top wrestling in Ireland what she can do so I think this is an intriguing match I don't think we've really seen the best of Martina in ICW yet and I think against somebody of Casey's quality this could be a breakout performance for Session Moth if I I think I think it could be we could see a shock no, at, yeah. the we, at the weekend Stacey um, all I'm going to say I I would love both of these women to win this match but <laughs> I think I'm going to have to go for Martina winning. Oh, interesting. Josh? Well, at Fear and Loathing, uh, Martina dropped Ravy Davy from the top of a ladder when he was about to win um, the number one contenders match. Oh, through such, tables. that was devastating. Yep. So uh, sad. Heartbreaking. I mean, most people would think just a text message would be good enough. <laughs> but, so, uh, but no. Uh, <laughs> Even that in so, the world of ghosting that we live in. <laughs> So I feel like, uh, can you really have uh, a big opportunity for Martina without some opportunity for revenge? I don't really know. Uh, I think Casey has this one. Mm. Um, for me, I agree with what Stephen said about this could be a real breakout match. Is With the, the signs of the card, I think all the matches are going to get quite a lot of time. And this is one, I think they'll really get a good length of time, have a really good strong match, go back and forward and really get the crowd switched on it. Mm. Um... The next match I've got um, is due to unfortunate events at a recent <laughs> Fight Club taping where we've seen the travesty of the tag team champions being dethroned, still champions in our hearts, forever, 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 uh, pull promotions. Um, we now see the new team of Rampage Brown and Ashton Smith have uh, then taken uh, the titles and they'll take the pole promotions place in the match against the Purge. So the Purge being GPWA originals, uh, been teaming for quite a while, have, have, have been kind of sporadic in their placement in ICW, never really had a they are run. everywhere in the UK at the moment, they're all over the place. Around well, about Liverpool, Birmingham, 
any, uh, they're in places where you don't see any other GPWA graduates, yeah, which I think is a testament to them. Yeah, they seem to be getting a lot of coverage from um, certainly north of the Watford Gap, and we're seeing them expanding out, and now seeing them step up and get a, a big four event tag team match. So, Josh, I'm going to start from your side this time. Um, firstly, are you okay from Polar Promotions losing it? Because me and Stacey are still in a sense of shock. And then what are your thoughts <laughs> on the match? So to answer the first question there, um, I'm a big fan of Polo Promotions as well. Yeah, we can just stop there, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, continue. <laughs> I'm a big fan of Polo Promotions and always have been. However, uh, I think it's because I'm a big fan that I'm excited to see uh, them drop the belts for a while because I would expect uh, them to maybe have some kind of singles run and I think that would be best for both of them. Um, with regards to the match, uh, I think it's really exciting because this is probably the biggest match of the project's career that I am aware of. Um, I don't see them beating Ashton Smith and Rampage Brown. Ashton Smith and Rampage Brown, we haven't really had them north of the border that many times uh, in Glasgow. So it will be exciting to see what they do for the Glasgow audience. Um, yeah, I think it will be good exposure for the project. I think Ashton Smith and Rampage Brown have this bag. Thanks, Josh. Stacey, again, we'll have a cuddle in a minute to make sure that we're okay. <laughs> but um, I am sad to say I actually missed that match, though, uh, when Ashton Smith, and, uh, Ashton Smith and Rampage Brown beat Polo Promotions um, because I was snowed in. <laughs> so, um, so I missed that. But um, I, I think, was it two, Was it on World of Sport? Like yeah, two New Years ago? Yeah. That uh, they tagged together on, and like that was the first time that I'd seen them tag together, and they were fantastic. They are, so they were, they're, a, they're a brilliant team. They were really yeah. good there, and it was just something that came back to me was around. Um, they were actually in Barramania last year. Um, they faced uh, Bird and Boar for the tag belts. Um, they've been on a couple of tour shows, but that was the last yeah. time I remember them being up here before that. Um, they were, uh, but then that was a card that I think. Uh, Mark Dallas shook his head at me when I told him this in a drunken stupor that night. But I felt it was a bit too heavy to remember much. Um, so that was all, it almost mm. slipped my mind that was the last time they had a big match and did go very close. It was quite a long and intense match. But um, yeah, it was certainly good to see more of them up here and they Definitely. did impress in that world of sport match. Definitely. Stephen. Well, as good as both these teams are, I, I might be a bit controversial. I think that this team is miss this match is missing the true tag te the team who should be tag team champions in the company, and that's the Filthy Generation Kings of Catch. Yes. Uh, aside from that, obviously, because they're not in the match, and we hopefully we'll see more of them in the night. Uh, I think that's a big opportunity for the Pudge. Uh, as you said, Stephen, like, we've not really seen as much of them in ICW. Uh, so yeah, it's a good opportunity them against a, a well-respected team across the UK and Rampage Bound and Aston Smith. Uh, but I think it's too early in this rain for us to see a change, and I think it might be too early for the Pudge and ICW. They will have their time, but uh, yeah, it won't be as dominant a performance as we saw from them at Fight Club. But I can, they will be retaining the belts. I think Smith and Brown, great, great uh, old-fashioned tag team as well. Pure power. Yeah, and I totally agree with you there. We've got the likes of Kings of Catch, we've got the, the Polos to come back. There's been a lot of talk from the Polos for a number of years around having a true tag team division, and it does certainly look like that, that is stepping in. So if it does mean that to get that other teams up to the Polos level, and we've seen 
I think that's a true testament of, sorry, I'm just going to talk about the polos all the time. We've <laughs> <laughs> got 70 minutes left, you may want to leave now if you're not, but no, just in all seriousness with it, it was such a great moment, and even as a, a massive polo fan as I am, who follow them all over the country, it was exciting for me to see them beat like that, because we've never seen that before, it was something new and different, and if that's yeah. what we see across the tag division, then I'm all for it. I think we've seen a lot of polo heaviness in the tag team division. No disrespect to the polos, they are a fantastic team. But I think it's been very heavy on the polos yeah. in this tag division. I think it's, as you say, what? What's wrong with that? Just in case they beat you up. <laughs> no, they are really, they are, they are a brilliant tag team, but I think the tag team division does need a bit of freshness. And yeah, I think it, with the it, likes it, of the Purge, the likes of the Kings of Catch, uh, GPWA's got a lot of tag teams up and coming as well. We could even count the Govan team and uh, the team of Krieger and Liu King Sharp as well. So, um, yeah. so, so it gets a big opportunity for a bit of freshness. But variety is the spice of life. <laughs> Again, we're not on the late night chat show. But uh, we're going to move can on. Can I just say one thing, Stephen? The reason that I was laughing is because you looked as though you were worried in case I was going to punch you when <laughs> <laughs> you were saying that. He should remember so that's that. That's the only reason I was laughing. He sh- should remember. I, 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 anytime I mention a lot of polo things, I'm like, I, f- I feel the eyeballs across the table. It's like. He should remember he's got you and me before the door. It's like an evil version of Gladiators here. Quacky will know that comment I got on Facebook one show recently that was quite frightening when I bashed the polos a wee bit. So I'm I'm very fair about bashing polo fans. (laughs) Yeah, I know. The polos seem like really chilled out, nice guys, but the fans somehow, as soon as you mention it, they look at you just in case you're going to say something negative. How are we? (laughs) (laughs) A bit bad. Anyway, talk back on. Discussion moves on to um, probably our lone big advertised import for the show which is James Storm versus Jack Jester in a Falls Count Anywhere match. Since this was announced there's been the lead on that the winner of this match will go on to face the winner of BT Gun and Bram on the Monday night of the biggest fight club ever. So it does give it that bit more spice. Um, again a Falls Count Anywhere it's going to be pretty much ca- me, carnage across the, um, the ABC. Can't remember where I started the last time, but I'm just going to back to Josh because Stephen slapped the <laughs> polos, so he doesn't get to speak for a bit. You sit in the quiet corner. I think I it's, it's. Well, that's how it works, isn't it? Quacky, don't have off. Right. Josh. I think it's really nice to see Jack Jester back to a main event spot. So when I started going to ICW shows, Jack Jester was the guy and you know the face of the brand. Um, then Drew came in for a while, and it was it was uh, quite sad to see Jester kind of lose his main event spot because of, of Drew coming back. Um, but I have had such a soft spot for him ever since uh, his the, the, fair ma- the farewell match with Drew and Jack Jester last year. Um, I believe at Barmania, is that correct? Yep. yep. And it was the barbed wire hell match because Jack Jester gave one of the best matches that I've ever seen, and. <laughs> I've wow. never felt for a man so much going through a hardcore match. He put in a real shift for that one, um, and the ending was beautiful. And it was just great to see that sort of old school Jack Jester um, back. Um, for James Storm to come into Glasgow and face the hardcore icon Jack Jester in a false count anywhere match, uh, I don't think he's going to walk out victorious. Jack Jester has this one, and I think the fans will have Jack Jester's back as well. Thank you, Stacey. Um. I think that I'd have to agree with Josh. Um, Chuck Jester for the win. Short and sweet, but that's just what I think. Enough about you, what about the match? <laughs> <laughs> Host, so Stephen, on you go. Oh, I'm allowed to speak. Uh, <laughs> Only well, if you apologise first. <laughs> just wait till later on in the show. That'll make up for it. Uh, no, um, super. <laughs> 
Did he turn me off? <laughs> oh, I thought he turned me off there. <laughs> no, right, this is good. Right. Anyway, back to the match. Yeah, super, super excited to see James Scott in uh, an ICW ring in one of his first post TNA appearances. I think it's uh, going to be brilliant to see. James Storm. <laughs> James Storm. What did I say? Scott. You James Scott. Oh, my oh, God. I'd love to see oh James Scott. God. I would love to see James Scott. You don't do enough with James Scott anymore. We don't know. He's, he does a lot of... Uh, Criticising of the Hamilton Aki's board on Twitter. Uh, I see and that. Did, I so see j- that. Just, just when we mentioned James Scott, he did. Um, he suffered an injury last week, which meant he had to pull out of a match at the weekend. Oh. So best wishes to James and get well soon. Oh. Yeah, absolutely. But on James Storm, uh, super excited to see him first. Uh, one of his first post TNA appearances. However, I think Stephen, when you talk about that stipulation that the winner will be fighting for the title the next night, I think because they initially announced James Storm to be on the the Fight Club card before this one I think that will mean we will be seeing Storm win as much as Jester looks reinvigorated in this new gimmick that he's got the kinky party thing uh, that's another tag team that could be as big in the yep. tag division yeah. Uh, but yeah I, I think yeah, James Storm will be winning purely because of the stipulation you make a good mm. point there actually but I wouldn't mind seeing a triple threat the next night oh that'd be epic that'd be absolutely really good but yeah, well, there could be many connotations, but I have noted some down. Um, so we'll come back to that when we, after we discuss our next match. So this is our un- undisputed championship match featuring fans' favourite BT Gun against the ever-controversial Bram. Um, a, a match that came from Bram won the ladder match, which we mentioned earlier on. Um, Martina, uh, etc., getting involved. It helped Bram push Davey off the ladder, took the briefcase, and then... The matches have set up since, so the the build has been. Um, I'd say since BT Guns won the title, he's not had a match that's finished. So we had the match at the December Fight Club taping against Lionheart, and that would turn into a big Christmas party at the end. And then um, he was supposed to be facing Red Lightning, and for one reason or other, that wasn't a match that took place, which. I will say, left quite a few people disappointed because Red's a big favourite and for either if you wanted to see BT get revenge on Red or that, then uh, a match that didn't take place then either. So this would, I'd say, going to be BT's first defence to a finish. Um, he's got both the belts at the moment, so whoever wins this will also get both the belts, but then the talk really is that imagine a Zero G will be given up and imagine we'll see something going up towards Baramain at least to that. But as a clash of styles, it's a clash of fandom. Um, we have got the very few people you'll see go to an ICW show, be it a big fan or otherwise, will say, oh, I don't like BT Gun. Um, but Bram, different matter entirely. So, Stephen, start us off. Yeah, it was the match as quoted by one of our very own Chris Murray Tam versus Tam, possibly refereed by Tam. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a Tam off. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm loving the fact that we're seeing more Bram in ICW now. I think he's the best heel probably in British wrestling for reasons that's. Obviously, Stevens elaborated on a wee bit. He plays the role brilliantly. Very good in the ring. Uh, yeah, I'm really excited to see this. Uh, I think it's maybe not got as much publicity as it maybe should have. I think it's maybe been overshadowed by the likes of James Storm coming in and obviously the Square Go match itself. So, yeah, a lot of potential in this one. Um, still think BT will probably retain, to be fair. I think it's gonna. It's too early in his run, I think, especially for a Grand Slam championship. Hmm. Well, I think I might have to disagree with you, Stephen. Um, as I, it's going to be a fantastic match, like whoever wins. But um, I think I'd be quite happy with a Bram win. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be opposed to a Bram win. I just don't think it will happen. I. 
I wouldn't. I would. I would actually like a Bram win, and it's nothing against BT Gun. Uh, I just think as a champion, um, I think Bram's maybe got a bit more. Um, to him and gives us a bit more freshness because he has been in and out of ICW for a while we've seen him back in some matches but I just like a heel champion with people chasing and I just think it gives you a bit more to invest into um, and then it just means you get more red lightning promos so all for that one of the best pits of the company anyway um, he's just got that red lightning's just fantastic yeah let's just turn this into a red lightning show we've got 50, <laughs> 62 minutes remaining but before we start that Josh so I'm a big fan of Bram. I think he's really exciting. He's an internationally renowned performer. Um, I've always liked him ever since TNA as well. I've always wanted to see him have a run with the belt because he's an absolute mountain of a man. So it'd be exciting to see what stories they could tell and who'd be able to topple that guy who can also move as well. Um, however, against BT Gun, BT Gun's one of the few guys that I would pick over Bram any day of the week. BT Gun's been for me, match of the night pretty much every single card for the last few years. Um, I'm also quite intrigued by the fact that this was advertised as the only opportunity to challenge for the Undisputed Championship, so uh, regardless of who comes out on top, I'd be curious to see what direction the title is going to go in. Uh, BT Gun for me. There's a bit of, we all got to remember the X Factor now of uh, Easton Reese as well. It could play a, a factor from the recent Fight Club taping. Yeah, the newest member of Rudo Sports. So it definitely, Rudo had a great transfer window. Like we can look at it that way. We're getting in Martina and then Easton. Um, definitely Didn't look too happy about Martina though. He was like, oh. I think it was more the grinding. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I must say that is one of my favourite things to see. Things that Martina threatens to grind against as she goes through. So I think we've seen there, we've got various opinions on this match as we go through. But then... What's a square goal without a square goal match? And before we go into go through our discussions on it, here's some um, of our listeners' predictions um, over the music of the last square goal winner. So thank you to Better Maximum Productions for Joe Coffey's theme, which will then be in the background of this. All right, um, back shortly. Hey there, Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. This is Fuzz here, and my pick to win the 2018 square goal is the real deal Mark Coffey. And why is Mark Coffey going to win? He's going to volley 29 other members of the ICW roster and then he's going to chuck them over the top rope. Because who bad? He bad. Hey, I'm Paul and I think Andy Wilde's going to win the square goal because he's Andy Wilde and there's nobody better. Well, boys! Well, boys! and I think Harto is going to win the square go just because I can feel it in my water. <laughs> you can feel it in the water. It's Jimmy Hendry. I think Lionheart will win the square go this year. It's a bit time we won it, so this is his year. That's Jim, I think Steve Boy's going to win the square go because it's his time. Name's Jamie Mason and I think Big Sexy Craigle's going to win the square go because look at the size of that man. James Crossan and I think that the square go match in 2018 will be won by Chris Renfrew. 
Because BT Gun will remain the ICW World Heavyweight Champion and Renfrew vs Gun will be the title programme going forward. Uh, Greg Clark, um, I think Lionheart's got to win the square goal. Um, I threw it last year and I think it this year as well, just think it's his time to win it. Hi, I'm Kieran. I think Stevie Boy's got to win the score goal. Just to build on from his good end to 2017 and it's going to be his 2018. Hi there, it's uh, Brian and I think that Lewis Gilvin's going to win the square goal. I think there might be a wee bit of tension in the ranks of the fifth generation. I think this might be the wee undercard that nobody's even thinking of. Come on Lewis Gilvin! Hi everyone, James from Eat Sleep Suplex Free Tweet here. Uh, my prediction to win the square goal is the leader of the filthy generation, Stevie Boy himself. I think with a team like the Kings of Catch and his own premise behind them, I think the future is filthy. And that's what I think is going to win. Nathan Fisher here, I'm going to stick with the prediction that he made during the Fear and Loathing preview show that we did back in November and say that Lionheart will win the 2018 square goal match. Between him and Stevie Boy, but I think Stevie Boy will uh, win a title somewhere down the line in 2018 anyway, and I think it will be him versus Lionheart at this year's Spear and Loden. So yeah, Lionheart to win. Back everyone. Um, that was some of our listeners' predictions, so thank you to everyone who got involved and put up with my pestering at shows and queues over the last several weeks. Um, that was, as you see there, there's already a bit of favouritism towards a couple of people who seem to be the standout options for this. So, the first one I want to talk about is, uh, to give a bit of gap between this and the interview with him later on in the show, is Stevie <laughs> Boy. So, we've seen Stevie rise up for ICW. Um, he's now the leader of his own um, little group of misfits that have now come together under the Filthy Generation banner and uh, certainly sh- making their mark across many shows. I've seen them in quite a few main events recently. Um, so Stephen, what's your thoughts on... So from Stephen to Stephen, what do you think about Stephen? Well, I think uh, Stevie had a fantastic 2017. <laughs> it was pretty much a, a breakthrough for him. Uh, obviously winning the King of Insanity match, which makes him pretty much an odds-on favourite to a lot of people to win this. And I think... That is a really big possibility, purely because he's got his free his crew behind him, the Filthy Generation, Kings of Catch and Kayleigh Ray. And as we've seen in Royal Rumbles and WWE in the past, these type of things help. We had that with uh, Legacy when Randy Orton won that in 2009. So it's highly plausible that, yeah, he could win it. I think he's, this is probably, it's a good chance. I can understand if he did win it, good chance to pull the trigger on him after a fantastic year. Yeah. Stacey? Um... I think 2018 is going to be Stevie Boy's year and I think this is just the first the first stop on it winning the square goal. Josh uh very difficult choice for who's going to win square goal. No, you're not guessing that yet. We're no, just we're talking, talking about yet, talking about Stevie's so chances. So <laughs> we've had a few spoilers. <laughs> Uh, Stevie's chances, eh, I think they're quite high because he's got to be one of the favourites as Stephen said 
Um, I seem to remember last year when they set up the the uh, rivalry with Mikey Whiplash that one of the things said was, you know, if you want to be the, the top of the mountain, then you, or it may not have been those words, um, you're going to have to um, get through us. So, um, yeah, he has gotten through all the most hardcore guys on the roster. Where can he go next? I'm going to add in a little intangible here. Um, something that um, Kayleigh Ray mentioned on Twitter just after she lost the Women's Championship at Vierenloven was around she's leaving the women's division behind she's seeing a different path for her so I think and certainly when we talk about the filthy generation I think Kayla Ray is going to be someone who makes an impact on this we've seen the women's square go uh, it was a women's Royal Rumble um, but I think we're going to see in ICW I think we're going to see quite a few female contestants I imagine the likes of Kayla Viper etc see I'm, I'm trying not to spoil too much this Stevie interview because I have heard it but he does at one point refer to he doesn't just refer to uh, Lewis Garvin and Aspen Faith helping yep. them being behind them he refers to Kaylee as well yep. which does imply that she will have some sort of involvement and as we've seen in the past she can go with the best of them in that company yeah, yeah. So, seen that many times so I don't think she would seem out of place I definitely think there's going to be a role for um, Kaylee certainly through the rest of the year we've seen her she's been overstarring in Japan over the last month so um, definitely think as you see from everybody's predictions Stevie Boy is up there on the list of people who people certainly want to invest in and see having a really good chance in the square goal match on to someone who splits opinion probably a bit less than he used to he is either your her- your he- <laughs> hero <laughs> hero <laughs> hero or villain um, <laughs> I don't want anyone doing a my channel on us so we'll stick with villain so Lionheart, long-term veteran of ICW, um, I've seen his resurgence through last year, go from being one of the most hated people in the company at the start of the year, had been a slow burn to a uh, Shug's house party, and his feud with Joe Hendry that, probably quite surprisingly, many people that, from the comments made originally um, by Lionheart, ended up with Lionheart being the hero in the situation, and then Joe um, being the, peop- the person that the fans turned their back on. Josh, what's been your thoughts on Lionheart and what do you see as his chances and what could you see him doing if it was the holder of the briefcase? What's interesting about Lionheart is that good guy Lionheart and bad guy Lionheart are essentially the exact same person. Oh, there's absolutely no difference at all. <laughs> <laughs> the only difference is the tastes of the fans, but he is a product that is consistent. He's consistently good in the ring. Uh, I think he might be the best promo ever in ICW. He doesn't cut them half as often as I would like him to. Um, I think Lionheart has quite a big chance of winning this year's square go. To be honest, I don't even know what more to say than that. Lionheart has just done so much in the past year. He's had so many exciting rivalries. His rivalry with Joe Hendry in particular was really uh, (laughs) something else, really personal. Um, As well as beating Rob Van Dam and Zach Gibson at Fear and Loathing. Uh, he's got to be uh, one of the hottest favourites for this match. Yeah, and a, so a big shout out to Zach Gibson for his recent exploits on Free Sport. Um, certainly putting certain people in their place. Stacey Lionheart, what's he been for you? And is he someone you see as being in there in the mix at the end? Um, Lionheart has grown on me in the past year. Um, I have to say that I do think that he is a hero now, rather than a villain. Um, But I think he'll get quite far, but I 
don't think he'll be in the final two for the square goal. That's the thing though, we all have to say Lionheart is a hero because since we don't swear on this podcast, the other option just shows up as a blank. <laughs> of course. Anything more, Stacey? Uh, no. <laughs> Again, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for that. <laughs> Stephen, if you can give us a slightly longer answer on Lionheart. <laughs> Uh, luckily, I do have one that's slightly longer. Uh, <laughs> no, Lionheart, as uh, Josh rightfully said, he's um, just uh, a great servant to the company, uh, especially considering the fact that he came back from a broken freaking neck and nearly died. I think uh, it's only now that we're really starting to appreciate what Lionheart can do. And yeah, I think this could be the moment. Lionheart's talked for a few months about... He wants, he wants to be the champ, he wants to take it to the next level, so yeah, I think this is the opportunity and I, I think, I think the, well, he's, he's got absolutely every chance of winning that match. Thanks. Kwaku? Uh, Harto is actually my pick. Um, uh, he's my pick. Yeah, I think he's, I didn't know we were doing picks right now. <laughs> but Don't pick yet, we've still got another 20 minutes. <laughs> but, okay, we won't do picks, but um, I do fancy his chances. Um, he... Like, he is due a big push. Like, he's had pushes, but not big, big ones that he deserves. And I feel this is an opportunity for him to get a big push at ICW. Well, if you consider how the servant he's been to the company and he's never held the belt. Exactly. I think, especially when there was some people were teasing him retiring at the end of last year, which uh-huh. is still crazy to me. I think it's the, this, this is the year to put this wrap on him. Mm-hmm. And obviously the square score is the best chance, the best way of doing it. I love him or hate him. He does do a good promotion for ICW outside of oh, the show. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So, no doubt in that at so all. So he is doing it. On a slight it tangent. Including scalping millionaires. <laughs> I think I really enjoyed his promo uh, against Jackie Polo at the square goal. I think it was the fourth annual one. Does yeah. anyone remember that one? Mm-hmm. I think it was the night that everyone thought he was still injured, but then all of a sudden out with... Uh, what's his move called? I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't think that's the name of his move. There's something that looks very similar to a rock bottom. That, that's what I wanted to avoid saying, yeah. Yes, <laughs> the, the, the stone top or whatever. Um, yeah, um, and again, I would recommend, if you want to see the interview from earlier that night, Jackie and Lionheart and the shoot interview and ICW On Demand is required viewing for anyone who likes a good Barney. Um, certainly on Lionheart, definitely does his bit, uh, as Kwaku said about getting it elsewhere. Uh, he's always got a little interview up for most shows these days, does his fair bit of promoting for ICW, puts them over quite heavily anywhere. Um, more than his own promotion himself, PWE. Um, you'd think of someone who having their own promotion would want to put them first, but he does certainly have ICW in heart and always gives us that full on um, everything he's got whenever he turns up, be it for an interview, uh, a match or just whatever the hell he wants <laughs> so some of the other ones so we've seen quite a lot of people come out and talk about that the square goal is going to be their chance and they want to take the step on the next one I've got for us to discuss is Kenny Williams so we've seen Kenny over the last couple of years get some big matches and be in prominent positions um, so we talked about his 2017 was bookended by the win over Ricochet in Newcastle at the square goal and then we've seen him against uh, recent entrant in the Royal Rumble, uh, Rey Mysterio, 
or about half of the Rey Mysterio that we've seen at the Hydro. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, the obvious sort of hilarity of everybody going, well, we came out in time this time. Um, it's led to speculation. Led, by, num- led by Kenny, of course. <laughs> um, his number was probably number two, and then he came out at whatever number he came out <laughs> on. So, Kenny Williams had a really good year, split in between. He had a feud with Zach Gibson in the middle of it as well, so probably a lot more memorable moments than I'd maybe given him credit before before I started putting this list together. Uh, Stacey, what's your thoughts on Kenny? You've given earlier on your indications as to he's not going to be your winner, but what could you see Kenny doing or... Is he someone you think could go on and make the step up the card we win in this briefcase? Um, I'm just going to start off. Kenny is a fantastic wrestler. There's no doubt about it. Um, he is, in my opinion, one of the most consistent wrestlers in ICW. Um, I don't think I've ever seen a bad match that he's been in. Um, but I don't think this is his year. But... I think 2018 is going to be a good year for him, but just not with the square goal. Thank you. Uh, Stephen? Well, you were jokingly talking about Rey Mysterio in number two in the Royal Rumble. Well, one man who was number two in the Royal Rumble was uh, a Mr. Finn Balor, Prince Derek, who was the Iron Man of that particular match. And... I think we could potentially see a similar role with Kenny Williams in this particular match. Granted, I agree with Stacey, I don't think this is his year, but I think we could see him being in that match for a long time, being the man who's teased with eliminations, maybe gets hit with a haggis or two, you never know. Uh, But yeah, I think we could see Kenny maybe not going coast coast to coast, but I think he'll be in there for probably the longest of all the... Have to agree with you there, Stephen. He probably felt always crossfit. Anyone who's a follower of him on social media has seen him toss many weights in many different directions. It probably is something that gives him that bit of ambidextrousness to (laughs) to, um, maybe pull off a wee feigned elimination or not and certainly seems to be the master of being thrown over the rocks, catching him and pulling himself back into the ring. So I wouldn't be against seeing Kenny being the Iron Man of this year's Rumble. Uh, Queer go! Josh. So what I think is really interesting is that typically these uh, over-the-top rope 30-man battle royal matches tend to favour larger heavyweights and two of our favourites this year are men that probably um, are on the borderline of that category, probably more towards a cruiserweight. Um, I think if it, if it was between Kenny Williams and Stevie Boy, I'd have to go with Stevie Boy this year. But yeah, like Stephen says, it would be good to see if Kenny could put on an Iron Man performance and really step up his game in the square goal this year. Thanks for that. Kenny, have you got any quacky comments? I'm going to totally mess it up, might as well go full blown. Um, again, Kenny, great wrestler and everything, but and I, 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 it's not... It's not a it's not a ridiculous suggestion, but I don't I just don't see it happening this year, sorry. Sorry my man. Sorry, Kenny. Uh, <laughs> I hope you can take out the frustration of the panels indifference towards your chance of winning out on some kettlebells this evening and feel a lot better for it. So I think we've seen there we've probably got quite high up in the obvious We've seen some other people come out and say that they're going to be in the square goal. So we've seen Joseph Connors done a backstage segment. In terms of people running in, we can expect Shah, um, 
big Grizzlies there on the Monday, who's when Josh was mentioning someone on the larger side. Julie Fleish is there as well on the Monday. Uh, yeah, so I presume we'll see a, a magnitude of our, of our regulars. Mm-hmm. Um, someone who I've not seen really wrestle, but seemed to be like, quite dominant at the end of the uh, the last Fight Club tapings was... Oh, him. Tear. Oh. Tear, I, I can't Tor. pronounce it. For Tor. See, our current pronunciation expert, Quacko. Oh, he's a, the he's big Swedish boy, right? <laughs> the big Swedish boy with the tattoos seemed to be the man. Um, if you're able to go toe to toe with Wolfgang and stand your ground with the look and the presence and what we've seen him in terms of tossing people about like empty tracksuits and his appearances so far, it does seem someone who we expe- I'd expect to see a multitude of annihilations from panel. Yes, but you've also you kind of gave maybe a bit of thing away there when you talk about Wolfgang. They could be the face to face with them. Either Wolfgang, he, Wolfgang will eliminate him, he'll or he'll eliminate Wolfgang. If he eliminates Wolfgang, I could see him getting the stereotypical takes eight person to, people to eliminate him type spot. Or they can eliminate each other. Well, um, Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt still. Mm. We'll have no doubt. That's not, that's not ICW related, Stephen. We're, we're not on the that. group chat. Uh, <laughs> on the group page. Stephen's ICW rules stand wherever I have control and. Uh, the ability to meet. I'm referring to the <coughs> casual. I'm catering to the casual viewers and David Hockney. <laughs> <laughs> also realise I said viewers as opposed to listeners. That's not a good. Uh, well, we're on Facebook Live for a bit, uh, and we do have double digits in our listener count at the moment. So thank you everyone for joining us at this time. Stacy, what have you seen of Tor? And has he left That's an impression? So we'll just go with Tor, the big Swedish boy. <laughs> Tor, I I don't think there's any way that one person can really eliminate him. When you see him coming out, just knocking everyone out of the ring, <coughs> um, it's going... I don't know. Uh, I don't even know what to say. In, in, term, in terms of a moment, he's probably someone I would like to see where you see someone who thinks they've got the, everything going for them. So say, for example... Um, see a Thatcher Wright is in the ring alone standing and thinking that he's got everything going and then the music hits and he comes down and he just gets battered about and tossed over in quick fashion. I actually think it would be more latent potentially. Oh, that boy's been through enough. <laughs> <laughs> as long as he gets a hot meal at the end of the night. If I see any more of that boy's ribs I'm going to bring a, uh, xylophone hammers. <laughs> so Josh has shook his head at me which says he tells me he has nothing to talk about in terms of tour, so I'm just going to move on. So, Josh, then I'm going to throw this curveball in your direction. Out of those people, so we'll, we'll talk through the favourites. Who could come out of nowhere, take the square go, and really take that push on and go through the year and live with that sense of this is what gets them up the card, um, or maybe because a lot of those guys could easily. If you've seen Kenny, Stevie. Um, Maybe not Tor. Uh, Lionheart. If, if it got announced it was BT or Bram against them at Baramania, not many people would roll their eyes and say no. But is there someone who maybe needs that bump up the card? Um, oh, I don't think it's that there's someone that needs to bump up the card. I think probably um, maybe like some of the rest of this panel, I think it's going to come down to either Stevie or Lionheart, perhaps Stevie. However, I think another uh, good shout might be Chris Renfrew. Um, ICW and its big matches around the calendar have always been built on uh, long-running personal rivalries and Chris Renfrew and BT Gunn have had that over the year. I'm expecting BT Gunn to retain the championship at the square goal this weekend. 
um, it would be interesting to see if they could build the product around those two who have been both friends and enemies in the past and been a part of some of the greatest, most violent, most exciting moments in ICW history. Stacey, anybody outside of the predictable that you think could come in and spout a surprise? Well, Josh just spoke about personal rivalries. What can be a bigger personal rivalry than someone stealing your wife? So, Uh. I think that if we see Bram winning his match, then we'll see Ravy Davy winning the square go. So I think I'd have to maybe have Ravy Davy as my winner. It's either between Ravy Davy and Stevie Boy. But oh, thanks, Stephen. Uh, I think the the panel have made a lot of great points. Like Josh, I think I can't see really see past Stevie Boy and Lionheart. One man who I think could have another a breakthrough Rumble Rumble Square Go. Sorry, I'm too dumb. I'm thinking too dumb to me. Uh, a breakthrough Square Go. Uh, I said earlier on the show that I wasn't going to fully polo bash, and I'm going to back it up here. I think this could be a big year for Mark Coffey. Out with in a singles capacity, I think he will be in the final four of this match, probably with the likes of Stevie Boy Lionheart, and I probably kind of agree with Josh and Mr. Square Go Chris Renfrew getting a good showing here. It could be something that Lois will get along about get maybe polo promotions getting something different. Imagine the turmoil in a tag well, team of knowing one person's got the square goal briefcase and the other one doesn't. I kinda don't think we'll see <laughs> Some people may maybe like to see that. I don't think we'll see anything like of tension between the two of them. I think no. that what we saw at the, the Fight Club tape between the two of them uh, backs that up. But I just think that Mark will probably have a great show. And I think he is underrated as a single star over the last few years. Obviously, with a tag, as a tag team wrestler, he showed as a Zero-G champion a few years ago what he can do in a one-on-one capability. And I think this could be a shot. I mean, we saw last year when he took on Trent Seven at the Garage. The crowd were baying for him to win that match. Yeah, we, we owned the garage that night. <laughs> <laughs> so you think he could be on the path to becoming a triple crown champion? Uh, I don't see him winning the belt how, this year. However, I think he could have more of a prominent role as a singles star. And I think having a decent performance in the square goal will be a catapult to that. Interesting. No, I'd, <clears throat> if, it, if it had been that point to trigger, um, given Mark a title run, um, when he had that match with Trent, it would have been well, that, was, that, that was the chance. If, if he'd had if he took the title then and if they'd made a triple threat at the Baromania with Mark, Joe and Trent, that could have been teeth all over the Barras type of uh, match that you could have had there. So we've been through quite a lot of people there. It does seem quite obvious who a lot of people are seeing from our listener predictions and then from the panel, but I've just got to go in one last time and capture everyone's guesses for who they think who they see coming out victorious on Sunday. So Josh Stevie. Stacy, Stevie or Ruby Davy? <laughs> <laughs> Steven? Close one between Steven, Stevie Boy and Lionheart, but kind of based on what I think the year's going to be like, I think it'll be Lionheart. And last, Kwaku and then I'll go. Can I have three? No, <laughs> you only get one winner, you don't get three briefcases. <laughs> it's, oh. it's no deal or no deal. Because I had two shock winners. Well, you can't right. You can't have two shock winners when only one person wins. Oh, we didn't let him speak for the rest of the yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah, let, go let on, him go speak. On. My two, my yes, two. Thirty guesses. Right, my two. <laughs> <laughs> my two potential shock winners. One is Liverpool's number one, Zach Gibson, or Kid Fights. Ooh. And overall winner, Lionheart. I'm going to be blatantly obvious. The man in the yellow singlet, DCT. 
<laughs> but you know, you know what though? Like, I think we've talked about people who are less obvious to win, and I think in the past there has been a lot of less obvious winners. So I don't think anyone saw Dicky Divers. So uh, uh, and see and if see if you could honestly have said you went to ABC and you thought Dicky Divers was going to walk out with that. I mean, I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was great. Yeah. I, just, I just did not think it was going to happen. But another one, another uh, another guy that's basically. Uh, represented Scotland around the map who is probably more of a surprise winner was Wolfgang uh, two years ago. Uh, so I don't think many people had him down to win. I think everyone thought Joe was going to um, be the one that took it that night but Wolfgang was the definite MVP of that match I think in terms of eliminations as well and, and look how that year went, it's been incredible. So I do wonder who we will see this year. Well, um, so in the past we've seen Red Lightning, Renfrew, Divers, Wolfgang, Whiplash and last year Joe Coffey take it. So one of our resounding favourites for the match this year is Stevie Boy. And here is an interview with James that took place last week. So stick with us and we'll be back soon after this interview. What do you see happening in your role in the square goal? Do you, have you got any specific plans that you want to do in that sort of a... I mean, obviously it's a competitive arena, you've got all mm-hmm. these guys. What are you going to do to stand out? Well, as you say, we've got all these guys, but... A few of those guys are on my payroll, exactly. so I've always got the numbers advantage, um, but at the end of the day I'm no stranger to square goals. <laughs> I think I've missed. Is that in or out the ring? Uh, well, <laughs> we'll say in the ring for, yeah. now. <laughs> but, uh, for the sake of the uh, yeah, exactly. at home. Uh, no, I've had my fair share of uh, fisty cuff games, but no, I just think like I'm, I'm no stranger to it. I know exactly what's going on. Um, I know kind of what my own weaknesses are, and it's just a matter of kind of trying to accentuate the positives and hide the weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And I think with my misses and my boys behind me, there's. At least one of us is walking out of there with that weird pro briefcase. So, well, the way you've said that, I have no doubt myself. Obviously, you seem positive, you seem confident. Mm-hmm. Best of luck, obviously, in that regard. But so, mm-hmm. moving past the square goal, plans for the future. If you'd say you had some ambitions, is there a title that you're working towards right now, or just anything at all that you think you're? I think shoot for the moon. But what does the moon look like? Just now, I'm really focusing on. I really want to break out in Europe. Um, I've got some things. I don't think it's actually been announced yet, but I'm going to be appearing in Germany and stuff like that later later than this year. Um, But just, I want to get out and travel, man. I want to go and see the world. Obviously, my ultimate goal is going to the Fed. That's. I think anybody that starts professional wrestling, that's the ideal. It's what you grew up with, and obviously, Um, you know, you you see it and you go, "Want that logo?" Exactly. Exactly. But for myself, I was always. I mean, I'm only five foot ten. Like, I'm 180 pounds soaking wet. For the longest time, it was, oh, I'm never going to do that. I just want to go out and travel, maybe go to Japan, do something like that. But with the kind of growth of like the UK scene, you see these guys like Johnny Gargano, international champion. It's so like different that. now, isn't it? Exactly. The whole the whole scene's just blown up. So uh, it's really maybe been kind of maybe last year. So obviously Wolfgang's one of kind of my close personal friends. Exactly. Yeah. Seeing the success he's had and how well he's doing, like I'm over the moon for him. But and I mean I've said this to him. It's no lie. I'm I'm shifty bits for him, but I am so jealous. <laughs> Just yeah. me, hear you, right? Just listen, I love you, but go and stop, uh, right? <laughs> I love you, but I want what you've got, basically. Um, but that's, that's basically my aspirations in the long term. Either sign some sort of deal or just really get out and do what I love to do and get to see the world while I'm doing it. Exactly. Um, that is well, you've got people like Kayleen as well, who just now she's in Japan. Yeah. Um, she left on the 1st of January and she's back on the 6th of February. Right. So she's doing a month's tour out there and then she's got stuff lined up for going over to America to work with promotions like Shimmer and stuff like that so she's constantly on the move and it's just one of those things like that's what I want to progress to I want to I, 
I get now, if I get a spare weekend, I get really agitated. I don't know what to do with myself, just sitting about and like, oh, I should be doing something right <laughs> You've got to keep moving like a shark or you're... So that's it, my, my main aspiration just now is just to keep myself busy. Um, obviously I did the, the WWE tryouts and stuff last year like that. Yeah. Um, we got some kind of good feedback and stuff like that, mm. so at least now I know I'm on the radar, I know I'm starting to make the kind of the right moves. So it's just kind of keeping the head down and working hard and hopefully progressing in that kind of field. Um, as far as titles go, like just now, is I, I want the ICW title. You want to go straight for it? That's it. Between the square bow and the title, that's the only things I've not done in that company. <laughs> BT Gun calls he sell the Grand Slam. I beg to differ. I think I can do better. I think I can trump him, and that is my full intentions for, for the moment. Uh, it's to take over that company. I mean, obviously, with everyone mind you, that doesn't sound far fetched at all. So, I mean, if, if that was to become a reality, or you know, if. if God forbid, not. What, what would you say is a dream match that you'd like to have? Any any wrestler, you could say alive or sadly passed, but... The dream match just now, with the, the inspiration of the whole King of Insanity thing, I said it to Dallas the second the Sabu match finished and I got backstage was, I want Tommy Dreamer. Tommy Dreamer. I want Tommy Dreamer. Everybody <laughs> always goes on about the Ravens, the Sandmans, the yeah. Sabus and stuff like that. Tommy Dreamer does not get half the half the credit that he deserves and I think he, he's still he's one of the only guys from that era who can still go he does he yeah exactly still put a shift in like he's still ready to go for it and I think me and him could absolutely tear the roof off at any building that we walked into um, and I remember saying it to Dallas as soon as I walked through the curtain I want Tommy Dreamer <laughs> I want Tommy Dreamer so that just now that's my maybe that's your crown coming after that match hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> But uh, yeah, that's that's kind of that's my dream match at the moment. Is I really want to lock arms with Tommy Dreamer just to see if I can cut it with him. Imagine yeah. you could do it in Philly with the yeah. dueling ICW and IC oh, EC dub chance oh, as well. You know, mate. that'd be oh my god, just <laughs> off to the star, away to the stars. That's, that's me. Done. I would retire after that. Like, that's right. me. Just I'm, I'm out. I'm out, guys. That's it. <laughs> Even if Vince had me a contract, like not nah, me. Nah, I'm done. I'm done. I'm away, I'm away home. Right, I'll that's it. <laughs> no, hundred percent. That's what I'm after. So obviously, that's a dream match. What would you say is your favorite? match that you've, you've had so far? Oh. I know it's a tough one not to spring that on you but obviously it's something that stick out in your mind. Even two you get to two or I've three. I've got a few. I've obviously I've got the King of Insanity match. Um, another one was the casket match from yeah. last year's Hydro. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I felt as, as, well, as much as the King of Insanity kind of helped me I think winning that casket match was the starting point. Yeah. That was when people kind of started finally going right. Maybe he's not just a mid-card guy anymore. Maybe he's actually starting to make waves. Of course, yeah. Um, and then it was obviously building from that, leading into the, the feud with Renfrew, which then led into Legion, and it just kind of escalated from there. Um, so definitely the casket match. There was a tour in London with a fought Chris Renfrew. Um, can't remember what the name of the show was, but with the both of us opened the show, and that's still one of my favourite matches to date. And then another one would be the last time me and BT had a singles match in the garage, which was just before Fear and Loathing. And I mean, it was ten minutes of just sheer chaos. There was all sorts of chair <laughs> shots. Both of the referees get knocked out. There was like angle slams off the top rope and stuff. But it was like from the second we walked out the curtain, the crowd were on us, and it was. It got to the point where the Glasgow crowd had kind of not dipped, but we weren't getting the reactions we used to, like when we first started running the garage and stuff like that. And it was one of those first ones, and I remember we went head to head at the start, and we were kind of like. 
kind of talking cheek behind, uh, between us and the crowd just started building up and I remember BT kind of just looking to the side and looking back and just went, we've got them. <laughs> and it was just, it was one of those things like, the second we had, um, I believe it was he pushed me and yeah. spat in his face and from there it was just the hostility in that building, like I, I genuinely thought I'm getting Dudley Boys heat, like someone's going to try and stab me after this show. Just saying um, you get a taxi out, like you've got to get away from the that, arena as well, exactly, you know? Exactly, like, um, but no, those are definitely three of my, my, my best match, well not best match, my, my favourite ones to look back on and kind of go, that was that was everything I could have done, like that, I gave it 100% in every one of them. So I'm sad I wasn't there for the third one, obviously. But like, <laughs> uh, your reign, you're obviously you're champion in a few places right now as well. So uh, most prominently, that I remember you're the PBW champ at the moment. Yes, yes, I won that in December at the bottom. Again, I beat BT Gun for it. Um, it's a, a massive accomplishment. I know, obviously, like PBW and stuff, they don't get the kind of the publicity like ICW and stuff. Uh-huh. But the PBW, I started there when I was maybe 16, 17 years yeah. old and again like ICW I started from the bottom I went in I was training every single week progressing like um, the promoter Ross Watson our kid fight um, helped me so much like I could never give him enough thanks he got me bookings in England and took me everywhere with him um, and again it's another company now which I've grand slammed I've held their cruiserweight <laughs> title their tag title and now I've got the heavyweight title and you're just racking up these accolades like mental aren't you that's it it's mental because for the longest time like I never really cared about championships or stuff like that I just wanted to go out and wrestle that was all I wanted to do and it's only really been maybe in the last year or so that I've started kind of building all this stuff up now I'm sitting in my house and I've got like a suitcase that is filled (laughs) with belts and other stuff and I'm like I'm going to need to buy a shelf or something like this is getting ridiculous you're sitting there thinking I need more jeans exactly (laughs) I I never wear jeans other than tonight I'm only in shorts or joggies or something like that I'm like no take Um, but no that was definitely that was a massive a massive tick off in the bucket list um, was to win that belt and I'm, I'm proper buzzing for this year to actually go out there and main event these shows and give it everything I've got um, I know we've spoken about a few of the title defences I've got coming yeah. up like that and I'm really really looking forward to them um, so fingers crossed for that one I, I do I'm proud and don't let the side down so, so what, what's the next match you've got have you got a match confirmed to defend that title no yeah no they've just confirmed their first show is in March yeah um, but they haven't actually announced the card for it yet and I, I don't know if I'm really obliged to say just now what you gotta see just gotta find out that's basically it um, but no I'm really really looking forward to that um, again it's a totally different scenario like it's obviously I really enjoy wrestling for ICW but see being able to go out in front of kids like kids are nuts man they're absolutely <laughs> mental like I, winch, exactly I was um, I've been on the holiday camps and had Wayne's pinned me to the floor like beating me with inflatable hammers and stuff like that and it's just that's see, proper heat you've got exactly, there exactly see if you get that reaction out of somebody it's just it's absolutely amazing um, but no 100% I'm really looking forward to this year um, it's going to be hectic but I think I'm prepared I'm ready to go so so one of the last questions I'll give you so obviously that's a major accomplishment of you as well and obviously looking forward to 2018 defending that sort of belt what else uh, do you think is coming up for 2018 for yourself see I don't I don't know I'm I'm really bad for I'm not one of these wrestlers that goes out and chases work like yeah. you see a lot of people putting up on Twitter and stuff this is the dates I've got for you please tag me in this status and let promotions know yeah. I've more kind of and it's probably it's probably one of my downfalls is I tend to kind of sit back and let the bookings come to me so I think I'm just kind of this year I'm focusing on kind of being more on top of the ball especially with things like social media and stuff like that 
Like I'm a nightmare for Twitter. I think the last thing I posted was like the week after the Hydro or something like that. And people are. <laughs> oh, always, by the way, look at my match. <laughs> exactly. People are always getting on to me. Like you need to be on social media. You need to be pimping yourself and doing this stuff. Um, but to be honest, I'm just gonna. As long as I'm having fun, that's that's my main thing. Cause for the longest while, wrestling kind of just seemed like work, and I started kind of getting a bit. Oh, yeah. I don't really want to do this. Which again is why I've I've taken up like an actual job and stuff. Cause now I'm, I'm out during the week and I've got something to hate, which actually makes me look forward to going and wrestling at the weekend. <laughs> It's just like you don't realise how good it is till you learn what you've not got. Exactly, exactly, exactly like that. But just my main kind of focus is just have fun and get out there and do what I do and try and kind of, you know, just keep all the people that have supported me and stuff like that throughout the years. Like, I'm 25 now, I've been doing this for 12 years. Mm-hmm. Like, I started when I was really young. That is young. Yeah. And there was people that like uh, the people that supported me from day one, like people like BT Gun, Chris Renfrew, Wolfgang, and stuff like that. Like me and BT trained together. We've been best friends since I was about thirteen years old or something like that. So just to kind of show all these people, like the faith that you put me in me isn't lost. Like I'm I'm going for this and I'm going to hit it as hard as I can, 110 percent. Yeah, but that's that's basically my kind of my goals for this year is have fun and again try and get out and see a bit more of the world and do what I love to do so as long as I can tick off those boxes then the year's been an absolute success for me that is fantastic so uh, just last question uh, anything you want to say ahead of you ahead of the square goal anything you want to say to your opponents or anyone listening well there's obviously there's been a, a little bit of tension building between myself and Kenny Williams uh, we both came off pretty big victories at the Hydro Yeah. Uh, we both clashed horns a couple of weeks ago in the garage in the street fight um, just I know he's in the same mindset as me we both want to we both want to hit the top as quick as we can we're the younger guys coming through now um, I'm, to be honest I'm, I'm past the point of threatening people and getting angry I don't need to do that stuff anymore I don't need to brag about how good I am you go on social media and people are already talking about it like um, just Kenny keep your eyes open because there's a big target in your back son and more times than not when I set my mind to something I kill it that was uh, Stevie Boy there with James with some cracking insight into um, what his plans are and what he's got going forward so what we're going to go into now is there was a big announcement for the Monday night and that is the return of Drew Galloway, known elsewhere as Drew McIntyre, an ICW original, um, one of the first, uh, if not the first, ICW champion. Yeah, it was, the, it was the first. Um, back in the Merry Hill days, um, seen many a promo and be half filmed in the toilets up there, um, and then he's <laughs> went on to such great things, but then came back and really hit ICW when he really needed lightning in a bottle to be... Um, that big serious star that you could look at him and go, well that authenticates ICW a bit and that's um, who we're going to see as the second inductee into the ICW Hall of Fame on Monday at the biggest fight club ever so just now we're just going to have a couple of minutes where we talk about some of our favourite um, Drew Galloway moments in ICW what he means to us and how excited we are for seeing the colossus of a man that he is back this coming Monday, so Stephen uh, well, a couple of moments kind of strike to mind when I think about Drew Galloway. There, obviously, the first one was his return at Shug's house party, kind of combined with the fact that that was my first ever ICW show, so it kind of added to the the spectacle for me a bit. Obviously, seeing seeing him at this company and on Sucky Hall Street, 
uh, not long after he'd been released from from WWE made me think yeah that was a, a fantastic moment uh, the other one uh, was more not more for him and more just more for the general spectacle was his match with Grado at the SCCC my favourite ICW moment of all time uh, as a massive Grado fan but just to see the two of them go it was fantastic I still I still look back on it fondly it's always cool when someone gets played out to the ring as well Oh yeah! Oh, that was brilliant as well. Actually, his yeah, entrance was, was great. Excellent. He just came. He just came across as the man. Anytime you see him in ICW, mm-hmm. which it, was always good. It was certainly um, something I've got down about him. Is I think he raised the bar in terms of what acceptable was. So everybody in ICW was putting in a great effort doing things. I think when he came in, you seen a lot of physiques change. You seen a lot of matches uh, wrestle differently. You seen him have matches. That's where I think he really brought up um, Renfrew to when Renfrew first cashed in. He's a uh, square, square go briefcase. I've seen the match with him at uh, a uh, uh, square go. That really, I think, brought him up to another level. Of people going, actually, he isn't just this um, hardcore guy. He's someone who could really bring a fight and bring a really strong style. And I think we've seen that in all his feuds that he had through. Was you weren't wrestling another wrestler. You were wrestling a superstar and really brought people up a level well, with him. The thing I, I noted from his run in ICW is when... He was first in WWE, granted they had that he was the chosen one of Vince McMahon, but I didn't think he ever really had a standout match in his first spell in WWE. I mean, it was great the fact that this is a guy from Scotland competing at the top of the company. He was set to become big things, but I didn't really think he had a standout match. But when he went to ICW, when he was on the independent circuit, he was just, he was one of the bars. I think at one point in time he was probably up there in the top ten in the world. The yeah. way he was putting on when he when he had the ICW belt, he was defending it everywhere. You know, I, I think he got a very I can't remember the exact rating, but he got a very high rating in the PWI 500 in his mm-hmm. first year going full time on it. Just to throw you a little match suggestion there, um, see if you look up Drew McIntyre um, against Chris Masters. It's on an episode of Superstars. It's probably one of the um, probably kind of we hidden away match that um, certainly gives you an idea of what it was, but what it did have potential wise. Um, that we probably didn't see there. Stacey? Um, I think that my standout greatest, or favourite Drew memory would have to be um, his return. Just the reaction that you got from the crowd, it was, it was something else. And I might be wrong here, but was a few tables broken then as well? Yeah, uh, put, put Jester off the off the. Jester, uh, got, Jester got a really bad bump with that yeah. one, I believe. Right, like he, hurt yeah. his, he really banged his head. Yeah. I, I remember it quite well because I, every, the whole crowd was going crazy because Drew was in the ring. But I was standing next to my cousin, my cousin Gary, who's been on the show before, and he wasn't paying attention because at that point in time, the ex, in the excitement, someone from behind them threw a pint, hit him in the back of the head. So everybody's like, "Oh yes, it's Drew," and he's like, "Who did?" Hit me with that bite <laughs> and miss not bite. American enough. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, after that, I would have to say his matches with Jack Dreister. I mean, it was such a great story that and was being told. And, and it was that gave a really good story for the second Fight Club documentary, where it showed them that they'd been long-term friends and then mm-hmm. became adversaries and the build-up to that match and what it meant to the both of them. Um, so certainly that would have been a, a great one. I can't imagine wrestling a best friend in front of uh, at that time. When I said, I think at that time it would have been ICW's largest attendance at Beard mm-hmm. If you wrestled your best friend, would you win or lose? Win. Uh, uh, as long as I get paid, brother. Um, <laughs> I don't care about those winnings Sounds and losses. Like <laughs> so Josh, 
Um, we spoke before the show, you had a couple of things, so on you go. Yeah, so uh, I would agree with the, in terms of matches, I liked what he did with Jack Jester, particularly his fail, farewell match, which we spoke about earlier on in the show. Um, I'm going to go for one that um, maybe isn't as obvious in people's minds immediately. I really liked the time where it was the Christmas special uh, edition of Space Boz in the <laughs> garage and um, the, the I think the main event had been, I forget what the main event had been that night, but Lewis Garvin had been saying for weeks he wanted Drew Galloway uh, in a match. Oh, uh, <laughs> and because they had never, you know, I think you assume that with, uh, you know, with some of the independent companies, you assume that uh, if there's going to be a big name show up, we're going to want to capitalise it on it immediately and make sure that it's advertised so that ticket sales go up. Um, nope, ICW time and time again prove that they can throw you a curveball. So at the very end of the night, um, when everyone was probably expecting to go for the train home, Drew Galloway uh, suddenly shows up out of nowhere and takes Lewis Garvin's challenge. And, you know, it was a Christmas special and it really did feel like that moment at the Christmas party when your child and Santa comes down the chimney because <laughs> <laughs> it gets to everyone. If Santa uh, came down the chimney, six foot five, bronze, long swinging hair, and started booting my dad in the face, right. Christmas would have a whole different perspective for that year. But uh, it, it, it was a really good match uh, and it really elevated Lewis Garvin as well. Uh, as well, it was quite funny at points as well. So I remember Drew Galloway carrying Lewis around so that the fans could slap him from behind and things <laughs> like that. Um, but something I'll always remember Drew for was that he always had something positive to say about his opponent uh, at the end of the match. And I remember that was one of those uh, nights where I think everyone kind of finally recognised Lewis Garvin as being an excellent competitor. Yeah, definitely one of the moments where it went from being a you're a not very good Drew Galloway to <laughs> being a you're not a very good um, Lewis Garvin being chanted at Drew. I certainly remember that at the square go last year. It has year. a great ring to it, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> uh, it is, again. I'm not going to name any names, but uh, I think I know who the originator of that chant was. Well, when it comes to ICW, there's about a million people all claim to be the first person to ever chant it. Josh is trying to be humble here. I wasn't there. I'll take it. You can give you the credit in the start. I've got an achievement award that's mine, but you can have it for this moment in time. I didn't say it was me. <laughs> Stacey did. <laughs> in a rare moment of speaking today. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> you weren't even paying attention to that. So, that um, one, one of the, as we've spoken about a couple of weeks ago, one of our favourite WWE moments was around the salmon jacket. And I don't think Drew could have pulled off more of a convincing oh. retirement interview than if he'd popped out um, the night before, um, Fear and Love in 9, wearing a salmon jacket when he gave that retirement interview. Um, you, just, you could imagine him wearing a salmon jacket. He just needs to be all in black. Who, who would tell that big Disney prince looking guy, you don't suit that salmon jacket by the way, as he goes away looking for a beef patty because he can't remember what we call a sausage. Anyway, <laughs> so that's just a hand-me-down story. But yeah, it was a good... Th- think, was Scottish, that on the piece of paper? <laughs> s- s- no, sc- Scottish things he can't say properly anymore. Um, um, apparently he doesn't know the word for cutlery. Um, he calls sausages beef patties. He is very Americanized. And so when he comes home, we'll give him a good old Glasgow welcome um, on Monday night. Also on Monday night, we've got a number of matches. So the square goal itself is sold out. Just a reminder to everyone, there is still tickets available for the f- biggest fight club ever. Um, so it's quite a moment to hold a fight club in, in the ABC. Much larger venue than mostly holds fight clubs, so such as the Garage, um, Potter Row now in Edinburgh, the various tour shows across the country. So we've got a really good card. Um, so we're just going to talk through that in the last section of the show. So 
the first match we've got is our resident WWE UK superstar and Wolfgang, a man who's had very successful square goals, so might have great success on Sunday night. But he'll be facing Big Grizzly, who we've seen in a number of tour shows. I certainly remember him against DCT and I think against Renfrew as well. Um, so that's a match that's going to be on the card. Has any of the panel seen Big Grizzly wrestle before? Can't say I have known. Uh, he he kind of has a kind of look like a Dave Mastiff type look. Yeah. Saying, yeah. I think he's big and he seems quite grisly. So it's, it's one of those names that's very fitting. <laughs> so this is it's not very often that we see Wolfgang in a match where he's the smaller man. Um, so I think this is going to be something that gives a, a very different dynamic. Um, we've seen Wolfgang in the past be quite aerial in his offence. So it may be something he has to do to stretch out. Um, if he can't overpower or outsize then may see various... We've seen dives from various points of the... ABC done in the past, so that's not something that I would rule out in this match. Um, anybody got anything else you want to add to Wolfgang Big Grizzly? Wolfgang to win. Oh yeah, yep. he's, he's not coming back. For, he's not coming back for nothing. Yeah, definitely seeing a hometown win for um, the resident of La Calabar, who I must say looked resplendent this week on his old man's pub crawl and uh, in his Jamesy Cotter suit. Uh, something that, that jacket was something else. Uh, it is a belter. Um, next one is a following from uh, the Fight Club that we've seen, where Joseph Connors showed a deplorable, a despicable man, um, absolute disrespect at the end of his match with DCT. And what I would say is, well, DCT's stronger showings we've seen lately is Joseph Connors certainly brought that fire out in him, and it's certainly a very back and forward and a strong match. So we see this match being based around respect. Joseph Connors is someone who was in the WWE UK tournament and hasn't had the best of welcome um, in his shown so far down south. Certainly the Progress fans seem to have a bit of the, a problem with his getting matches. They see him as being someone who's not deserving and gets it just because he's WWE place. But we see him in, in ICW, he put in the effort, he put in the interviews. He came in, turned the crowd was very quickly against him and favouring uh, DCT. So this is a match all about respect. So respectfully, Josh, remember it, it, after the poll of shit I run, I am still aware and there's a tally card of um, offences. So speak nicely about DCT here. Yeah? So I think with momentum, I think DCT's got this one in the bag. Mm-hmm. Stacey? I have to agree with Josh. I think DCT's going to be winning this match. Stephen is laughing away, so he must be. Someone's tweeted something that he's going to use. No, no, I'm just thinking. I'm not going to speak because I've already got one strike. (laughs) (laughs) Solid showing from DCT, but Kate Connors will sneak him again. Oh, (sighs) things I have to put up in this place. (laughs) To think I do this Uh, as a man. I see retraction. As a a wrestling podcaster, I have got to be have integrity. And I can't go against my integrity. We're going to be the odd one out in this room, but go for it. Um, <laughs> gotta be honest, man. Gotta be honest. Without honesty, we're nothing. That's all we could say at this time of night. So the next match is one that carried on from the night before. We've got the returning Viper, fresh from her excursions in Japan, where she's had a great deal of success um, in ship um, stardom. Um, 
I seen a match that she was in against Kaylee Ray last week. I've only seen the pictures of it, but it looked like it was in some kind of old church way. Um, Forget the match. Have you seen the two of them do karaoke? I have not. Oh, um, you need to look it up. It's very funny. Well, we'll get that in for next week's break. Uh, um, certainly one of the more beautiful it's, um, a venue full of sta- stained glass windows. And it just had that really kind of unique... Um, it was really weird seeing these two Scottish girls have a wonderful match in a very different look in a foreign country. So... She'll be fresh back, looking to get um, an opportunity for the women's title, and we'll see that on the Monday night against the winner. So, based on our predictions earlier on, who um, talk me through your version of the match based on you had earlier on, Stephen? Hmm. Well, obviously I went for the session off in the earlier predictions, so I think can't see her immediately losing the title to Viper. Uh, how it's going to end up, I'm not too sure. It's not going to be clean. Clean as in the traditional wrestling clean winning, not Martina type clean. Those pyjamas probably could do a wee spin. But no, I, I think Martina will retain the title, but she will not do it in the traditional way. That's all I have to say. Non-traditional. Finish that match. How that could be is... Could Entirely up to your imagination, as the session moth matches usually are. <laughs> Stacey? Um, well, following on from earlier as well, I said that I thought that Martina was going to win the night before. Um, I think Martina is going to win against Viper as well. Um, but I think there will be some interference from other people. See, I should, have said inter- I should have said interference as opposed to non-clean. Just <laughs> <laughs> keeping it PG and then there's just using big words for the space of wee ones. Josh? Uh, so, I have the prediction of Casey to retain at the square go and therefore I would imagine it would be Casey versus Viper. Um, that caused an interesting dynamic though between and favourites. Not sure how that goes down. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing the match expanded out a little bit, but um, if it comes down to Viper versus Casey, I'm a massive fan of Viper, but I think Casey would win. For me, um, I, can't, I, can't, I can't remember if I made the prediction earlier on, um, but I do think I could see Martina taking that. Um, I could see a match well, either um, of them against Viper. We've seen Viper um, and Casey at the show in was it Liquid Rooms, the tiny place in Edinburgh. Um, last year, where we've seen quite a dramatic bump that Viper took over the, off the top to the floor um, to give Casey the victory and let her retain the title at that time. Um, I certainly think whatever match we get from those two combinations is going to be a cracking match. Um, hopefully we get a big crowd in that night and we see, um, again, this is one that could have the, the capability to go out anywhere and everywhere um, as they just go all out with Viper returns with uh, fire and her eyes and a determination to then take the time on as someone that has been quite spoken about about we're seeing the numbers increase in the WWE women's divisions and um, more people get called up from NXT leaving a bit of a vacuum there so uh, I think Viper and Kaylee are people that we really should be enjoying while we have them um, and making the most of um, any matches that we get to see from them so next match I want to cover off is we've got Jodie Fleish against Mikey Whiplash um, two people who weren't in ICW this time last year um, I'd just seen Jodie Fleisch the week before 
um, at a target show and first time I'd seen him in probably about 15 years at that point and it didn't look like he'd missed a step and you look at him he's in fantastic shape so um, we've seen Mikey against uh, Jordan Devlin recently and gave a really true wrestling match so Josh what, what's your feelings in this match? Uh, those are two competitors that no matter how you put them against you're going to be excited by the matchup so when you put both of them together that is probably one of the uh, matches that I think could steal the show um, I'm quite torn because on one hand I think it would be nice to see Jody Flesh have some success in ICW but on the other hand um, Mikey Whiplash is one of my favourites ever um, and he always you know he always seems to win these big matches as well and uh, I think that this could be Jordan Fleish's night, but I'll be happy. Thanks, Stacey. Um, I think that this match is the one that I'm most looking forward to for the Monday night show. Um, I can't choose who who I want to win or who I think's going to win because they're both just fantastic, and either outcome will be. Really good. Pick. Oh. There's no fence in this. You do pick a side. Go oh. on. You can't, you can't Josh, have one of Clacko's two I guesses. I pick because it hurts. So you have to go through yeah. the same pain <laughs> as me. You got to, you got to remember, Josh has been the king of on the fence predictions since we started this podcast. So if he's telling you to pick, you need to pick. <laughs> Wait, you, you picked in it hurt again. Are we talking on the late night podcast here? You should. <laughs> oh jeez. Stacey, pick a side. Now I'm a bit scared about who to pick. Yeah, don't, 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 they're, don't, not, they're not going to come and be angry at uh, you. Right, right, enough McQuacko, right. Uh, <laughs> I am going to choose Jody. Uh, Thank you. Stephen, I hope uh, you've got a more decisive winner in your head. Yeah. Your thoughts in the matches. Uh, Jody Fleisch, fantastic competitor. Love seeing him in the ring, especially considering how long he has been about. You feel like he's been about for ages. He's like the wrestling equivalent of Wayne Rooney, uh, but in entirely different ways. Uh, so, but I think it's great. I don't think we'll see the same technical match we got at the garage with Whiplash, based on what he said after it to Jordan Devlin. Um, Whiplash, I think, will sneak this one over Jody Fleisch. Thank you. Personally, I think Whiplash, I think he's got a big year ahead, um, a lot of build, and I think he's going to make a lot of people look like absolute stars this year, so certainly see this as being um, the start of his climb back up again. Next match is one that was very recently announced, is the is Kid Fight against Jordan Devlin, and this is one, it's a very, I hate that, unique mix of styles, or one that could either be really beautiful or could be bowling shoe ugly. Um, because it is just that mix of the brawler against Jordan is known as being quite an aerial based wrestler um, I've seen Jordan uh, for OTT he's currently, t- currently their champion and has faced a variety of different uh, imports to that promotion in various different styles so this is one that you may look at it in a card and think what the hell is this but again this is one that I think we could really see a show and we've seen Kid Fight had a feud with Wolfgang last year um, they made their peace it's time for something new. We've got a nice W original against someone who's been in and out but always left a good impression. Sometimes on the floor with his head. But this is one that's quietly added and I think it's going to be quite exciting. Any thoughts from the panel on this one? I didn't actually know this was on the card until I seen uh, it just before the show. So I'm quite excited. I'm a big fan of Jordan Devlin. I think he... Uh, you can tell he's been trained by Finn Balor, just the way he goes in the ring. 
but as you said, Kid Fight is just the, the ultimate pro. Uh, obviously, the years of service he's done to the with the company, every film loving this. It's, it's an interesting mix of how the styles will go. We've seen how Devlin can go technically. We've seen how he could maybe go a bit high flying with type style. So I'm quite excited to see who win this one. But uh, yeah, I think uh, Kid Fight's due a win. I think this could be a win for Kid Fight. No, I certainly don't think he's to be dismissed, Josh. Uh, this is an interesting one. So I might have this wrong. Maybe someone else with you know a great wrestling knowledge will be able to help me <laughs> out. I think on my very first night at ICW. I remember Kid Fight was against Sean Devlin, but I believe it was part of a tag match. So I don't know if it was. I don't know if he's been about that long. I think he might have oh, been. It's been about. It's been about a lot longer than you would think. Certainly, so, um, I think I've seen before. Before he came back last year, I think somebody had said his first time was about five or six years ago. Well, he may have four or five. Well, I might have this wrong, well, but did he not used to tag with? Is it Sean Maxer? Is that his name? I think I think they're, I think right, I might have it wrong, but I think they tagged under the name of the Hangovers or something like that, and I think they were against the Fight Club at the first ICW show I ever went to. May have it wrong, I'll look it up later. But if I'm correct, which I think I might be, uh, <laughs> there's so many phones around the panel. Um, it'll be really interesting to see what's changed over the years since both would have moved into singles competition. Uh, Jordan Devlin. Um, he's consistently been featured with ICW for a while now, so it was interesting to see what the big a chance in one of the most uh, important in Scottish wrestling scene uh, in history in Kid Fight, so be interesting to see how it goes. I'd like to see Kid Fight get the win on this one, although I think actually Jordan Devlin might have it. I would like to see a surprise here. Stacey? Um, I am the complete opposite to what Josh just said. Um, I really want Jordan Devlin to win because I think I think it's his time to get something for what he gives to ICW shows, um, but Kid Fight's going to win um, because there's going to be a little bit of interference. Yeah, Tiger it, it, and Looking Sharp are going to be coming out. It does. It does have the backup in them. Uh, can I quickly add that Josh was actually right? They were yep. part of the big hangovers, and them and Fight Club lost in a tag title match to the Bucky Boys. Bucky Boys, mm-hmm. yeah. In 2013. It's amazing how much has changed over the years. <laughs> yeah. Um, last and probably the main event of that night is the winner of the championship match from the night before and the number one contenders between Jester and James Storm. So the panel had various guesses with Josh predicting that it would be Jester versus BT Gunn, which Stacey went for Jester versus Bram, and Stephen mixed it out to the very last option of Storm versus BT Gunn. So, a, a variation of chances, so we've all got different matches to talk about. So, Stacey, we're going to come to you first. Jester versus Bram, how do you see that going on Monday night? Bram's going to win because it's too soon for the kinky party to be doing solo stuff again. <laughs> the low stuff. <laughs> solo stuff, alright, I thought I said solo. I'm like, what could, what, what, could, what could go lower than some of the stuff that they've been seen to do already? Josh, Jester, BT Gun, how's that going? Ah, uh, BT Gun. Yeah, I don't even have much to add. Just I think BT Gun has deserved a title run and a long one for a long time. Stacey has her hand up. Either needs the toilet or has something no, to I've add. No, I've something else to say, and this is going on to who I think is going to be winning the square go. Right. So I think that Bram has to win that if he wins the night before. Right. So that then Bram and Ravy Davy can have a big storyline. 
Thanks. Shugs was part of the main event. Oh, Barra main event. We've got Barra main yes. to come before that. So, Stephen, your prediction was Storm versus BT Gun. Yeah, I think this will be a great match. I think the only thing is the outcome would be probably be quite obvious because I don't th- I think Storm might be WWE bound after these current bookings. So, I don't think he'll be beating BT Gun for the belt. But what I think we'll get is a top class matchup and. Following on for that, we'll probably get the beginning of BT's next feud, which I think will be a rehash of the previous feud with a former NAK colleague. That's not Chris Renfrew. Yeah, that's what I'm holding out for as well. Yeah, uh, keep them apart. <laughs> anyway, that has been our show today. Um, I think it's been a really good show. We've had a lot of different options um, for the various matches. We've had um, some great listeners. So thank you to, again to everyone who provided me with some comments for the section earlier in the show. Next week we'll be discussing wrestling power couples. So certainly accept any suggestions for people have we've got there. Uh, so next week on Valentine's night, if you're no winching, get listening. Thank you from myself and the rest of the panel. This has been Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. We say goodbye from Glasgow and everyone have a great Square Goal weekend. Thanks. Bye. Bye.